Summit Medical Group is the largest physician-owned multi-specialty medical group in New Jersey. Now helping you live well and stay well with SMG Radio. Here's your host, Melanie Cole. Smoking harms every organ in your body. Cigarette smoking causes more than 480,000 deaths each year in the United States. This is about one in five deaths. Quitting smoking is the single important step a smoker can take to improve the length and quality of his or her life. It's also one of the most difficult. My guest today is Dr. Catherine D. Donato. She's a clinical psychologist with expertise in cognitive behavioral therapy for anxiety disorders and more at Summit Medical Group. Welcome to the show, Dr. D. Donato. So smoking is a really, really hard thing to quit. How do you first decide to quit smoking and what is the first step that you take? Yeah, thank you for having me. It's an excellent question. I think that the decision to quit is so personal. Um, with all of the different people that I've worked with, they've each had two very obvious reasons, health impact and then financial. It's a very expensive habit to keep up. Um, so I think the, the, the first step when people have finally decided to quit is to get more information about what might make it easier, what might make them more successful in quitting. So how do you come up with those kinds of things? Do, do we, you know, think to ourselves, well, besides the expense, loved ones, the smell, I mean, what do you do? Do you make a list? Yeah, so when I, I run a smoking cessation group uh, on the main campus, the Summit Medical Group, and one of the first things we do when I meet everyone is I say, what are the reasons why you're here? What do you, why do you want to quit? And very often it is I want to be more active for my kids or my grandkids. Um, my spouse is complaining about the smell. My doctor tells me it's time. Uh, I, I notice it's time because I can't breathe anymore. So we come up with a nice long list. And it's helpful when we actually go through the process and, and I have them quit when they decide to quit. The quit week on the group is the fourth week. So when they decide to quit that fourth week, oftentimes it's helpful to revisit the reasons why they wanted to quit in the first place to keep motivating them. And I'll even have people download apps where you can uh, come up, you can um, download pictures of the motivators that you have. So, for example, maybe a picture of your kid or your grandkids, or if you want to do something more graphic, you could do a picture of an unhealthy lung, um, something like that. Uh, and it helps to remind people in those moments when they're feeling frustrated with the process of quitting. So they've decided they're going to, they've got those motivators. How do you prepare for the actual quitting, do you pick one single day to quit, and or do you try some of those like chantics or patches or things to help you along? Those you know tools that can help you. Right. So the the research is pretty good. It seems to indicate that when people try to quit all by themselves, um, their percentage of quitting and staying quit is something really sad, like 7%, <laughs> it's very low, um, the percentage triples when they are able to quit with some kind of support. So whether it's a group or using something like a patch or Chantix or a, a quit buddy, um, even having someone with you uh, is a great um, tool to use. I don't advocate any particular tool or medication um, 
But what I do instead is I ask people to consider what they've tried in the past to quit, what helped them, and what didn't. And from that, we start to lay a blueprint for their quit plan and figure out what are going to be the things that will set them up for success. So if a person comes into my group having already tried Chantex and it was really unsuccessful for them for whatever reason, then I would say, okay, maybe if you want to try a different smoking cessation aid, try something else. Um, Sometimes people come in and they've already made up their mind that they definitely want to use a particular aid like Chantix or um, one of the patches or something like that. Um, We work with the pharmacy on campus to provide discounts for people if they do decide that they want to use one of those recovery aids. Um, They certainly could. But I've had plenty of people go through my group um, successfully not using anything. I do think it helps to... um, reduce before you quit. Uh, To me, it's gentler on the body. Uh, I think it helps people to practice smoking less and to start to break some of the habits that they've established with cigarettes, with nicotine. Um, But again, I've had people go through the group and successfully quit going cold turkey, picking one day to quit, and that's it. Then they quit and they never go back. Whether they reduce or pick one day and go cold turkey What about after they have stopped? What advice do you have for handling that quitting and staying quit thing? I mean, there's the behavior, there's the nicotine addiction. There's a lot of factors that go into this. What do you recommend they do with their hands, with that feeling? How do they get past it? Yeah, excellent questions. All very good points because nicotine hits on several different issues, the behavioral habits, the physical addiction to nicotine, and then just the um, the triggers that people have that um, encourage them or make it easier for them to smoke. So one of the things I talk to people about is the um, maintenance phase of staying quit. And I really break it down into two different categories. The first three days, the nicotine is coming out of your body. So for those days, I have a lot of different behavioral strategies. You want to substitute something else for the cigarettes like um, lollipops or swizzle sticks or toothpicks, whatever works for you. Um, You want to avoid all of the triggers. Um, So if you're a coffee drinker, maybe you switch to tea those first three days. Um, Or maybe you don't go into the quick check to get your coffee in the morning because it would be too easy to then buy a pack. Maybe you get your coffee someplace else um, or get it at the office once you get in. So you start to switch up a lot of the habits those first couple of days to just try to avoid the triggers, put as many barriers between you and the nicotine as you can until your body is cleared of all the nicotine. Once you've kind of waded through that period, then life slowly returns back to normal. And I find that at that point, it's a lot of cognitive strategies. It's a lot of strategies uh, at what are you thinking? What kinds of thoughts are you having about the urges that you have to go back and smoke again? Um, Are you having any thoughts that make it easier for you to decide to pick up again? Um, Any excuses or rationalizations um, that might make it easier for you to bum a cigarette off a friend or uh, stop into Wawa for some other reason and then, oh, you might as well grab a pack while you're there something like that. So we talk a lot more about the thought process after they're 
quit and they're trying to maintain staying quit. Do you find that people need to continue that support for a good long time? Is there some hope you can give reformed smokers that after a certain amount of time, it's going to get a little bit easier? Yeah, I think it's very realistic to let people know that there's really two two things they need to look out for. One is that it definitely gets better the farther away from nicotine you get. Your body gets healthier. You start to enjoy being more active. You, the cravings go way down, and you have less and less and less urges. So that's very true. Um, and I think that if you have people around you that are encouraging and they can be your buddies, um, I've had people who've had success when they put their quit status on Facebook, and then they got so many accolades and praise, and it really helped them and encouraged them to keep going. So those kinds of strategies are great, getting extra support from loved ones and friends. But realistically, um, we've all heard those stories about people who quit for long stretches and then went back. And that's really got very little to do with the physical addiction of nicotine, and it has a lot more to do with the thought process, which is why I try to teach people strategies for catching those very subtle thoughts, like, well, I'll just have one. I'm not really going to go back to smoking entirely, Um, and I haven't smoked for so long, so I kind of deserve to have one, or whatever the thoughts might be, to try to catch yourself in those moments. Um, I find that Stressful moments seem to make people even more vulnerable to returning to quitting. So uh, those thoughts, I think, become more, um, I think they become more subtle and simultaneously become more intense in, in crisis moments. The I just need a cigarette becomes like an imperative in those moments. And so it's really helpful to catch yourself in it and already have a plan of action. Oh, no, 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 no. I know that thought. I'm not falling for it. Let me call my quit buddy. Let me go do this other thing that helps me to de-stress instead, like go for a walk or, I don't know, have a cup of coffee or a glass of water or talk to somebody to get my mind off of the urge, whatever strategy it is that we've sort of developed in the group towards the end of the group. So in just the last few minutes, if you would, Dr. Donato, and it's great information with really good usable tips, give us your best advice for smoking cessation and why they should come to your group at Summit Medical Group. I think the feedback that I've gotten from people uh, who've gone through the group successfully is that they came with an intention to quit. And what the group provided them was not only the support, but also a couple of strategies that they hadn't quite thought of before, that we take a broader perspective. So I think the group seems helpful in sort of taking a step back and really looking at what made you successful in the past, what kind of barriers are there. Let's see if we can come up with some strategies to avoid those barriers in the future. And I've gotten a lot of feedback from people that the group provides really nice support, that it's hard for them to find a group of people who are all struggling and trying to quit and that the the collegiality of it um, is very helpful. People have even said that their urge to smoke goes down when they're in the group um, and then for the rest of the night after they leave, which is great feedback for me. So I think my best advice would be get some kind of support, uh, whether it's the group at Summit Medical Group or, uh, like I say, a loved one or a friend. Um, The New Jersey Quit Line is available for people who live in New Jersey. Um, Anything that you think that's going to help to give you that extra support and boost because quitting is really hard. 
Um, but it can be done. It absolutely can be done. And with support, your chances of success are even better. Thank you so much, Dr. DiDonato. You're listening to SMG Radio. And for more information on smoking cessation, you can go to summitmedicalgroup.com. That's summitmedicalgroup.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.